0: Actually, starting last week, um, we started on a new series. What we're talking about right now, what we're looking at, is um, what God created men to be, um, specifically men. Um, and the reason for this is, is um, uh, if you look at the modern church, and actually if you look at, at kind of the state of things in our culture, um, a, a great deal of what we struggle with is a product of um, a shortfall by the men who are supposed to be standing up and acting in a certain way. Um, and so we're we're looking at um, what does it mean to, to be a kingdom man? Um, what does it mean to be a man who represents God's kingdom in kind of kind of a big and authentic way? And and this is a big deal because I mean, like if you look at churches, right? Just just church attendance. The average, I said this last week. The average um, church attender is a sixty-year-old white woman. Um, and and you know, it, good job. That's right. what I am. I. I, <laughs> I, I 35, whatever (laughs) it (laughs) is, that's neither here nor there, Um, and it's, it's because, it's because, um, very often men just have not engaged in the church in the last, like, 50 years, and, and as men have not engaged in the church, um, their, their kids have grown up watching their, their fathers not worship, and, and oftentimes children follow their dads, and, and so, like, like, we're looking at this topic because, um, because it's a big deal, because men, um, you know, and I, I, I believe it's something that, that's valuable in all churches and in our society. You know, it's worth talking about. Men need to stand up and act the way God made them to act. Um, and and so, what we're looking at here, we're gonna we're gonna touch today on on Mark ten thirty five, and and um, last week we talked about how um, God created men to like take dominion, right, and to, to um, stand in places of leadership, and. It, what that is, it's not crushing, right? Like, I don't sit on the couch and say, woman, get me a sandwich. Maybe because I'm afraid to. But, but I, I, you know, I don't do that because, um, because it's not what it means to take dominion. To take dominion isn't to crush, it's not to step on, it's not to force people to follow you, it's to um, stand in God's authority and be an extension of God's authority, right? And we're going to kind of dig a little deeper into what that means, um, but one of the elements of this is um, is, is this idea, like like how we're, how we're made, like how men operate. Um, um, men are different than women, right? Is anyone going to argue with me on that? I do know, like it's, it's just the truth. And it's, it goes beyond the physical parts, Right? It, it goes It goes into, like, how we act about things. Men do, right? It's not that women don't do. Um, it's, but men look at a problem, and our deal is we want to fix it, right? We don't talk about our feelings. We don't want to, like, cry. We want to fix it. You know, that's how we are. Um, and, and, like, one of the things that men really, like, at the core of themselves dream of is is greatness. Um, you know, we, we want to do great things. That's why... Um, the Lone Ranger is, who was such a hero in the 50s, right? Because you look at him, and he was tough, and he was independent, and he could do anything, and he saved the day, and everything else. You know, or, or Superman, who's, you know, unstoppable, and big, and strong, and, and great. We look at, at these great people, and we say, you know, you know, as as children, we say, that's who I want to be, right? Some of us as adults, even, actually. But I left my cape at home. Um, <laughs> I don't have a cape. <laughs> it's a Batman cape. It's Abby's cape. That's Abby's cape. Um, she has you wear. Um, <laughs> I thought your voice was gone. <laughs> and and actually, if you look at um, if you look at like even just like the movies that we watch. I mean, the movies men are tend to be attracted to, tend to be drawn to are 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 movies about men who do great things, right? Um, raise your hands, real back. Guys, have you seen the movie Die Hard? Uh, Braveheart? Um, <laughs> uh, I could see uh, Conan, any of the Conan movies. Anything yeah. with all sorts of favorite, <laughs> right? like, these are Because it's, it's this greatness that we, that we, it's built into us, and there's sort of this innate desire to do great things and to do heroic things. And, and my wife enjoys those movies, I think, because she likes me to be happy. But, but there's a tendency, women tend to not be as drawn by those kinds of movies, right? I mean, they tend to like things with Matthew McConaughey in it and other women. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing at
0: that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I go to stop. all right. Um, <laughs> It's, it's built in how, um, how men are and how women are. We're, we're built to be conquerors. And part of that is a reflection of how God is. If you look at how God is described in, in throughout the Old Testament, God is depicted as this conquering warrior, right? Um, when the story of the Exodus, the, the, you guys have read this one, right? Like Some of you maybe have seen the cartoon movie, it's pretty good. Um, God goes out and he, and he literally fights for his people. Um, and and um, like the ten plagues, you know there's a plague of frogs and darkness and the firstborn, all of those plagues are associated with the gods of egypt, right and so when God goes out and fights for his people, he fights for his people by knocking down the other gods and he defends what 's his right and and actually, if you read the the songs, there are all these times where God is depicted as this as this great warrior, as this, this very strong defender, and it 's how men are right. Like, men, as a natural way of being, we we desire to defend, we desire to be heroes, we desire to be this way, and it's part of our, like, design as, as, as being like God, being in God's image. We, we reflect God's image in that aspect of our personality. Um, we're going to um, move into the book of Mark here. Um, and, and we're going to look at kind of an extension of that, but, but there's a little bit of background here that we got to touch on in this chapter. okay? So if you have a Bible, it's in Mark 10, but um, um, if, I'm not going to put the verses up this time because there's a lot of text and I don't want to be here for 40 minutes just reading the text to you. Um, there are several references in the Old in the book of Mark before this point where the disciples argue about who's better, right? I'm greater than you in the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean, if, if you spend any time around a group of, like, 10-year-old boys, you're going to hear this argument. I mean, can I get an amen from a couple of the moms? I'm sure you've heard this. Ah, I'm faster than you. My dad could beat up your dad. You know, and, and only Titus will be able to say that right. That, you know, and, you know, you know, actually, one of my, I, it's, it's sort of weird, I, I, uh, as you mentioned that, I was thinking about, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, when when uh, um, I was doing uh, Henry's funeral, and, and there was, one of the stories that was told about him was where he and a neighbor were seeing who could drive their car further up the hill without tipping it over. You know, it is, it's, you know, we're competitive, we, we strive for this greatness, and with the disciples, it was no difference. They were following Jesus, and they knew this guy was something special, right? He's performing miracles, he's He's teaching in ways that nobody's ever taught. And they start jockeying for who's going to be the best in the group of people that are following him. You know, it's like, well, I was here first. Well, I'm, you may have been here first, but I came and did it right, you know? And, and they, they argued over this, you know, well, when heaven happens, you know, I'm going to be the one that everybody's looking at. And they, they argued about this. And it sort of comes across as silly, right? And, and it's hard to believe because men never act silly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but it, it is it, it is a silly thing that they do, um, and that's going to play in in a minute. But that's in the earlier part of the book. When we get to Mark ten, um, we find a story where Jesus is teaching, and this young man approaches it. Right, and this man is rich. Right, and this this rich man approaches Jesus, and he says, "Hey, what do I have to do to go to heaven?" And Jesus says, "Well, you follow the commandments." Right, and he names off the last six. Right, don't murder, don't commit adultery, honor your parents these commandments and he's like well I've done all of those perfectly which is probably not true but you don't know, to exaggerate. Um, and, and Jesus says well then you're almost there all you have to do is go and sell everything that you own and follow me okay he's like well, wait a minute everything you want everything um, and he goes away and he's, he's unhappy about it right Like like does that mean that having money is wrong no, okay. So it's a really like very lame way to read this passage. It's a very surface way. What Jesus is touching on is the idea that for this man, certain things sit higher in his in his um, priority list than God, right? For this man, um, he's all about loving Jesus as long as he can love his money a little more. Are you ready with me. Like like money is very important to him. Um, what comes with money? Well. I, I, some, this may be an education, I know, but like money, money is nice because you can buy stuff with it, right? Money tends to equate to power. If I've got enough money, I can do what I want, right? In fact, if I have enough money, I can make whatever I want happen in the government, right? Like money is powerful, and and you know, in a very real way, this guy is idolizing like money and the power that comes with it. And when Jesus says the real power, the real thing worth having in this world isn't your money. He's not able to walk away from it because he's got as much as he wants. And Jesus turns to his disciples, and this guy walks away and won't do it. He says, listen, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get to heaven, right? What's he talking about? He's saying, look, it is really hard for people to let go of power once they've got it. It's the truth. It just is. Um... Watch, uh, watch the news right now. There's an awful lot of this in the news cycle where you have these politicians who are riddled with scandal. And they're doing every last thing they can do to hold on to like, their position of authority as long as possible. And even when it's past the point of making sense, they're just both hands, you know, not letting go. B- because power is nice. Right? Power, in fact, it, it feeds into a part of us that is quintessentially male. Right? Being powerful is awesome. Because it's hard being a man. Being the biggest, the toughest, the strongest, the guy who's in charge, and the guy who says, you move and you move, right? And this is the problem this guy has. Well, the, the disciples are answering, well, what about us? We've given up everything. And he says, listen, I'll tell you, nobody who's given up family, friends, their business, their home for me, will come away after You'll get 10,000 more after. Um, and, and a very cheap way to read that is, Oh, well, you'll go to heaven, you'll get all kinds of reward. That's a part of it, but a bigger part is that the authority we carry, right? Like the position we stand in, uh, we stand with God. We stand with, with something bigger and better. Um, the this next section there, Jesus goes on where we're talking about money, and then Jesus says, Listen, in a couple days, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be tortured, I'm going to be killed. And then I'm going to rise again on the third day. Now we know Jesus wasn't looking forward to this, right? It's not like I'm on my way to Hawaii next week. But he's telling this and he's not happy about it. In fact, he's so stressed about it later that he begs God to make, you know, to make it so he didn't have to do it. And he begs God so intensely that he sweats blood, right? He doesn't want to do it. Um, but he's submissive to God's will, right? And so Jesus, being God himself. The way he wields authority isn't his own, right? It's the authority God sets forth and he follows that rule. Um, that's where real, real power and real authority comes from. It comes from God. And when we stand in God's place, when we stand as an extension of God's will, we're truly great. Uh, because there's a false economy in our world. Um, and actually, we're going to look at that here, Mark ten thirty-five to 37 James and John, by the way, James and John, like, there's a lot of the text that suggests that these guys were really in your face, right? First off, they're called the sons of thunder. Um, the two sons of Zebedee's works the way it's described here, also where they're described as the sons of thunder. And in fact, they're in one place where they go to a town and the town won't receive them and they turn to Jesus and they're like, hey, you want us to call fire from heaven to kill all these people? Because <laughs> they're all about wielding power, right? They're guys, um, they're guys, guys. And, and they come to Jesus. So James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. So, whose will are they exerting now, by the way? Ours. How often do we go to God and say, God, if you would just do things my way for a little while. Um, and he said to them, Oh, uh, Jesus. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant that we may sit on your right one on your right and one on your left in your glory. So they say, hey, listen, when heaven happens, when like you know, like like things are awesome, when you're really in charge and all this like humbleness stuff goes away, let us sit on either side of you. You know, and 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 in this you know ancient culture. The, the right-hand man and the left-hand man, the person who sat next to the king, or the, the guy who sat next to the leader, that was a sign of honor or strength, or actually a sign of the extension of authority. You see Jesus like described as sitting at God's right hand. And it's because Jesus is like the authority of God, right? And they're asking, hey, put us in the place of authority. Let us do this. Um, now, it fits in, right? Because there are these guys who want to do things. They want to call down fire from heaven. They want to... Um, be in charge. They argue with their their other disciples and say, hey, you know what? I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And so they say, well, hey, when it all comes down, can you put us there? And then the smart ones, why? Because they ask first, right? You ever a kid when you asked your mom for something and your your brothers and sisters got mad because they didn't realize they should ask your parents because they have real authority to give stuff out? You know, James and John said, well, why would we argue with you guys? We're just going to go ask him. And he'll give it to us. To which Jesus responds, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized? Okay, and in the last month here, we've talked about baptism and, and the cup, right? In the Old Testament, the cup is associated with wrath. Like literally saying, are you going to take on the punishment or the difficulty I'm going to take on? But this is also a parallel of like communion and and baptism right which we talk about like these are these big big blinking signs that point back to Jesus' crucifixion and death and then his resurrection right and he says are you are you gonna die for the sins of man just like me are you gonna to rise from the dead just like me do you really think you can ask for this do you really think this is something I can give you to which as a standard guy he said yes <laughs> we're able to do this have you guys ever asked for something and not known what you're asking for until you got it? Would every married man in the room raise their hand? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, They they say yes, not really. It's sort of a naive yes, right? Like, of course we can. You put it there, I'll do it. But they can't because they're not sinless, right? It's not their job to die for the sins of humanity. It's just not. Um, and so, though they say yes, they they don't really know what they're asking for, and they can't do it anyway. Um, and Jesus goes on and says, The cup that I drink you shall drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized um, you... I'm sorry, I screwed that up. My reading's off today. And you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. Meaning, yeah, don't worry. You've got it coming, right? And this is double, double... Layer here, right? First off, you will experience the suffering I'm going to experience. It is coming. The second element of this is that you are going to receive the death that I die, right? Like, when we when we follow Christ, when we live under His teachings, when, we're, when we belong to His family, what we receive, um, we receive forgiveness through Him, right? And we're baptized in His death, right? Like, they will get it. It's coming. You know, this is Salvation they'll receive. Don't worry, you'll get that. And you're also going to get the suffering. Don't worry, it's coming. But they don't really know what they're talking about at this point. They're little kids talking to dad saying they can do anything, right? And you guys, when you were young, asked your dad, you know, can I do this? And dad said, well, I don't think you're quite old enough yet, right? Can I drive the combine? No, I don't think you can just yet. you got to be four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I help slaughter the cows? No, nope, no, nope, that's six. You know, this—we we, we got to You know, they, they don't know. They're like children asking for something bigger than they're gonna receive. Um, and Jesus says, "Don't worry, the day is coming." Um, he then says, "But to my to sit on my right or on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those those whom it has been prepared." So Jesus says, "Okay, listen, you are gonna do this, but." I can't give this away, because someone with greater authority is going to make this decision. Who's the person with greater authority? Well, the Father, right? Does that mean Jesus isn't God? No. However, Jesus, like, models for us, right? He, he, he sets this design in motion that we're supposed to follow. He stands up and he says, my authority is an extension of the Father. I do the Father's will. And in turn, we're to do his will, right? Jesus can't give out his right and left and right spots because the Father's going to do that. That's his job. Um, and Jesus like, is very consistent in this. Your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. Everybody got it? Yep. Um, we go on. Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John, meaning the other disciples heard and they're like, Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> or where do you get off saying you're better <coughs> than me and asking for something that should be mine anyway? Right? And they begin to argue, and they begin to get irritated with each other. And Jesus turns around, and here's the meat of this, right? Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. And they a pause. He says, look at the world around you. The people who are in charge, they put their foot down. Anybody ever have a boss who put their foot down? <laughs> and and it was, do what they want or lose your job. And, and there was no pride in it. You just got to kind of, all right, all right, all right I'll do it. Um, or, or been in a spot where um, you knew you couldn't win, and you just went along because you had to. Maybe your parents do that to you. My parents did that to me sometimes, and they put the rules down, and I knew they were wrong because I was 15, and I knew everything. Um, <laughs> but, but it was dumb to fight with them. And so you just sort of like, okay, well, you win, I guess. Um, in the ancient world, if you were a king, um, you might have something like money with your face on it that says, "This guy's god," because the money they exchanged had the picture of the emperor on it. It would say things like, "This guy is god on earth," right? <laughs> and and what were you to argue with the guy? You'd just have you set on fire or something. I mean, it didn't work out well for guys who disagreed. And it continues with kings throughout the ages. Um, it's interesting to read books by by some of these guys who lived under under like kings in the Middle Ages, where, where the king is so much in charge because they were afraid of him. You know, anything you want, anything you want, anything you want, because otherwise you squish me. And that's how rulers, people who, who rule with an iron fist, people who rule with, with that leadership of drive, right? That's how it works. Um, some of y'all have cows, right? How do you get cows to go where you want them to go? You stick a dog on. I Larry shoots him sometimes, I hear. <laughs> it's true, right? If like you want the bull to go somewhere, you shoot it in the butt with a bird shot. And that can get a rock salt. And that convinces it's going where it's going, right? Um, you know, you go back far enough and people would follow the cows with whips, right? And you sort of drove them where you wanted them to go. That's the way the world leads, right? We drive. You do what I want. And oftentimes when we fall into our sinful place as men, this is how we lead, right? We drive. And I, I do this with Abby sometimes. It's so hard because she's new, right? And, and she's just discovering this thing that she inherited from her mom, like this stubborn street. Um, and you'll and say, like, okay, honey, we're going to get dressed and let's go get dressed. Yesterday, this happened. We were getting dressed to go to the funeral. And Abby pulls down her pink Barbie princess outfit. And I said, no, honey, you, you can't wear that for the funeral but you you can't. I'm sorry. And what did she do? She threw herself down and screamed. (laughs) said, I'm wearing this. And I picked out something else for her, and what did she do? She got up and ran away from the Barbie princess dress and tried to put it on while she was running. And eventually you have to hit a point where you grab them up and you put them down and you say, put the dress on. (laughs) The one you're supposed to wear. And and that's it, right? Sometimes that's how you have to do it. But that's, I mean, that's just an exercise of raw power. I'm bigger than you. You'll do what I want. Um, in some instances, that's appropriate, like with small children. However, is it appropriate to act that way with my wife? And there are a lot of men who run their families that way, right? Where they say, you will do what I want you to do, and you will like it. Um, or with their teenagers, right? And and they'll they'll literally just keep their teenager under an iron fist. You will do what I want, or else. Um, that's not how God designed us to exercise power. Sometimes it's necessary. Not with your wife. It's necessary sometimes, but it, it's generally not. It's generally not like following the model that Jesus sets forth. What model does Jesus set forth? Well, Jesus turns around and says, "Don't use your authority that way," because I'm not going to lie. God made men with authority. We have dominion. This is how we're made. You can not like it if you want, but it's what the scriptures say, and that's all I can talk about. Um, This is how we're made. But it it is not this way amongst you, Jesus says. But whoever wishes to be great among you will become your servant, or shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, Jesus says, listen, if you want to exercise authority, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you serve. You take care. You watch over. Um, Authority that men carry, like, ideally, was to be be the extension of this. We're supposed to love the folks around us and take care of them. We're supposed to exercise God's, God's wisdom, God's rule in other people's lives, not by squishing them so they'll follow it our way, but by loving them and leading them. If you're leading sheep, does anybody here, where is sheep? In the back. Do you stand behind sheep and shoot them? (laughs) Maybe I asked the wrong person. (laughs) You don't, right? Like, in the ancient world, shepherds led and sheep follow, right? That's what sheep do, they follow. We are, you know, every man who has a family, every man who's in a position of authority, if they're standing in God's spot, they're a shepherd, right? This is the imagery that the Bible uses. And shepherds don't push, they lead. And they people follow. But they got to want to follow you first, right? And that's a product of being a servant. It's a product of loving. It's a product of being a person with such tremendous character that people want to do what you want them to do. Every once in a while, you'll meet somebody, a dad, who lives this out, and you'll see their children just like, they just want to do what their dad wants them to do. They look up to them, and they want that. Or their wives, they just want that. I've met a handful of people in this community that are like that. And their kids look at, up to them like they're, you know, like they're amazing. Maybe, and they follow their parents. It's hard to imagine that. Abby, Abby I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, because it's leadership that's inspired by being a person of tremendous character. And that's character that's a product of standing in God's thought. In submission to God, right? Not wielding our own will, but wielding His. Why? Because we're saved by Him. Like, I'm made new in Christ. Jesus died for me. My sins are forgiven. I belong to Him. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about um, the yoke, right? Jesus says, listen, um, all of you are lost. All of you are hungry. All of you are tired from trying to live out the way the world expects you to live out. Um, Take my yoke upon you, right? This is a reference to, like, when you had an ox. We don't have oxen here, do we? Um, If you had an ox, oxen were big and strong. It was like the diesel engine of the ancient world. And if you wanted your ox to do something, you put a yoke on it, and it converted that ox's power into work, right? So the ox would pull the plow, and, you know, you put this yoke on it, and you would use the yoke to steer the ox, and the ox would pull, and that's how you got it to work. And in the ancient world, teaching was called the yoke right? And so you would take teachings on your shoulders and you would carry them, right? But the yoke doesn't get put on you and then you decide what you're going to do, right? I mean, unless you have something that's like not a very good car, like a, I don't know, a Dodge, your diesel engine doesn't make its own decisions. (laughs) It follows your directions. Um, And we stand as God's diesel engines in this world, as leaders, as men. We take his yoke on us and we carry it forward. We follow his direction. We live it out. Um, we don't do our own thing. Um, this is the beginning of what it means to be a great man in God's economy. Um, in God's world. We carry his will forward. We exercise it in the lives of those around us. We love. We serve. We carry other people. We, we be Jesus. We're going to close in prayer. And in my challenge for you this week, um, um, in the room, actually, um, my challenge with the men in the room is are you living this way? Is your authority an extension of God's authority? And are you serving the people around you? Are you serving your life? Are you serving your children? Are you serving your co-workers Are you serving your neighbor? Or are you crushing them? You know, are you are you trying to push them to do the things you want? Or are you leading them? And, and through the power of God's authority and your love, are you they following you? Conversely, this is going to apply for everybody who stands under a man, right? Like, or who who is in connection to a man. Like, you respect them. Not because they're crushing you, not because they're going to shoot you in the butt with some rock salt if you don't, but because God put them in that spot. We're going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch our hearts today and help us to hear your word, help us to know you more. Help us to to glorify you in everything that we do. Um, Lord God, it's a difficult thing to live in a place of submission and to to say, you know what, God, you need to be in control. Um, You need to be an authority in my life. Help us to to exemplify this. Help us to live it out uh, and and just be a shining light of your love and your grace to this world. In Christ's name, amen. amen.